we're back. Joey and the Bing Bongs once again. Well, kind of. I guess we're not at full strength here as the the Bing Bong parties. Now, I'm here. But the Bing Bongs, we're, we're down a Bing Bong. Um, would you be a Bing Bong or a Binger Bonger? Oh, no. I, th- more likely? I think, I think we're... I think we're Bing Bongs, yeah. Okay. All right, works for me. Um, folks, Fleet Week once again, slightly delayed episode. I'm told there was some sort of big sporting event that happened yesterday. Um, it seems the consequences of said event have resulted in no Tope Suicida, <laughs> which is unfortunate. We wish him well. Um, but nonetheless, we do have a lot of professional wrestling to discuss, which is apparently what we do on this show. Um, Vibrator is ready to go. So much to get into. Expert panel, as always. Young Dukes, how are you this evening? I'm good. How are you, Joe? I'm good. You know, I don't get asked that a lot around here. You know? Yeah. I, I really you yeah. Good stuff, man. I appreciate it. Chris, how are you tonight? Feeling pretty good. Uh, I will sympathize with my good friend, Tope Suicida, and that the, the birds were robbed yesterday. True. Um, but fun week of wrestling. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I always say that now. But, um, yeah, excited to talk about it. Tremendous. tremendous. I do want to know, if, if folks, if you hear any sort of um, frightening noise from the background, Chris is, you know, Chris is a very busy guy, has a lot going on. Some meetings are waiting for him. He's put this first. That's true. Um, you know, some of us have to make our dates, right, Chris? I mean, I know Tope can't relate, but you have to. Uh, sometimes you have to do this. I'm a professional. So you, you are. You absolutely are. Um, Sweet of professionals, let's get into the land of all the rest. And before we do, quick plug. One week from today, the deadline for, for the, the brand new Fleet 50s, the 2022 Fleet 50s. Send your ballots in now, joeholbert05 at gmail.com. What is the Fleet 50? Well, Dukes, thanks for asking. The Fleet 50 is your top 50 in-ring performers of, in-ring performers of AEW's 2022. In order, try to get 50 names in there. It's an important part of the Fleet 50. But honestly, I don't care. You can send in half, whatever. Whatever you want to do. Um, if I'm not impressed by the placement of Dax Harwood, I do throw the ballots out. We have three standing ballots right now. I've been sent 25. I've uh, accepted three. So, okay, everything I just said was a joke. Please do send the... Uh, the Fleet 50 ballots now. We have a week. We have a week, folks. Okay. Let's get into the land of all elite. All right, boys. Um, I think the big headline was the match that came in the middle of the show, the bloodbath that came in the middle of the show. Roosh and Danielson. Now, I think we were all excited about this match. Manny was especially excited. Um, I have to admit, I didn't quite expect this level of, of insanity. I knew it would be very good, but this was something that's pretty special. Um Dukes, what did you make of it? Danielson and Roosh, they exceed your expectations, so on and so forth. What did you think? Yeah, it definitely exceeded. It was like, yeah, I, I knew they were going to beat the share of each other, but I didn't really know which Roosh we were going to get. Mm-hmm. But we got fucking El Toro Blanco, baby. We got a fucking killer. When when they did the fucking spot on the outside and the blood splatter on the... Yes. I can't even explain how I felt. Tremendous. Um, slight lag there for young dukes which meant that he was actually speechless he wasn't just using it as a, as a, as a matter of phrasing unless i imagine that i don't know chat tell me if i imagine that in which case i apologize but um dukes just without words chris he can't even explain how he feels his internet won't allow him to chris how would you think of roosh and danielson well i heard dukes so you did this may be yeah. a me thing it could be a me thing <laughs> I right, carry on. Carry on, chris. but um <laughs> man it, it was awesome just like yeah the blood and it, it's really I mean, sometimes you can see in the background where, like, they wipe the camera, kind of, and they just didn't. They kept it the whole match with the blood on the camera. I thought that was really cool. Um, I remember tweeting, like, oh, Roosh is trying with, like, the alarm things, yeah. which is, you know, it's always it's always nice to see. Man, he was really into it. The crowd was into it. Danielson mm-hmm. was into it. 
even Max's commentary throughout, you know, could be annoying, but it was like, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was really cool. I thought the the whole story, I, I think at least I know it's very divisive. I thought it was progressed a lot today. Yeah. So, yeah. Fair. This week, sure. sorry, not today. Yeah, this, I got rattled. Um, been there. I know what it's like. Um, this kind of just momentarily stop and, and kind of consider this this kind of place in dynamite history right because dynamite's not a show, I mean, it's been on now for what, three just over three years mm-hmm. but it is a show with immense depth in terms of depth in terms of match quality and my instinctive reaction watching with manny was like that was one of the best ones i've seen i think i really believe that uh Diggs, you're a big list man where mm-hmm. does this come in for you i mean it's kind of crazy because i thought the same thing but also there's been like two more of those this year yeah so like it's definitely i think it's definitely the best dynamite this year so far we've got some vibe talk here i agree with this this core point this was a very hard match to explain this sort of magic of you Mm -hmm. know there's only so many ways you can word good lord roosh was chopping him really hard but yeah (laughs) really was chopping him hard he was just there was times where he got him in the corner and he was just battering danielson and the red on Brian's chest and the way that he wears that um that sort of assault that Roosh was dishing out. It was it was quite yeah, quite the vibe to quote you really um you really felt the pain with like yeah. obviously the blood in his hair, but like I, I think you know, every time he was obviously working the shoulder the whole time, mm-hmm. throwing him into it like every single time, whether it was the chops or or the you know, the barricade spots, or whatever, like you felt it. You felt you yes. you felt for him. Absolutely. Great. It was like an extreme version of what we saw against Takeshita where you know, to catch the match, you kind of had this idea that Brian looked like he was kind of outgunned in, in a chop exchange, mm-hmm. right, in that match, which was hilarious in the discourse to follow. But this was like a really violent version of that, right, where it, mm-hmm. it felt like he was – it felt like he had nothing left by the end of it. Um, some of his stuff looked really tired, and it, it added to the match, to be clear. But, Chris, what's your instinctual read on this one's place in, in AEW Dynamite history? What do you reckon? It's definitely up there for sure. For me, for sure, top ten. Mm-hmm. Um Probably around like I mean obviously I can't think off the top of my head, but I would assume top ten. I think this year, I don't know. Like I, I think I'd have to rewatch both to see Darby Joe or yeah. this. They're really close in terms of like feel. They're mm-hmm. really close. Different too, right? Like I agree with you. There's a lot of overlap in terms of the kind of chaos and violence, but there was you know obviously that had a lot of um, like weaponry and it was like an extended kind of epic in that in that genre. This was just shy of 15, and I don't even know if they're that far apart in length, but they felt very different in terms of structure. This didn't feel like an epic. It felt like a sort of snapshot of what they could do. Bruce was just in such rare form that, it, you know, you kind of got the full potential of the matchup just in this 15-minute match. I think Danielson has done so much in AEW, and he, he's kind of um, – the quality of his work speaks for itself. But, Again, he does another example. He gives another example of just how much can be achieved with 15 minutes of in-ring time on TV, right? And, you know, Roosh certainly is kind of the biggest benefactor of that. But Danielson's work in AEW is historic, brother. Right. And, like, even in this last five-match stretch, Mm -hmm. um, even the cage match, I feel like every single person in defeat has looked incredible. Like Yes. Yeah. And this is something that's been kind of loosely reported – I know Ibu's talked about it a little bit on shows. We'll get into Ibu later, folks. A lot of controversy regarding his place on the, the late night grin last Wednesday. Young Dukes, in particular, was very aggressive. Um, you know, I know he's kind of talked about like Brian was not really into what he was doing for a while there. And I agree with the third page of Larry Bird that <laughs> it was 
it was noticeable, right? Like he was great, but this guy we're seeing the last couple of weeks has taken us back and back to where he was here, you know, at the four of twenty-one, dare I say, where he was just the most unmatched, unparalleled wrestler on earth. It feels like he's coming back, fellas. I uh an exciting time to be a Brian Danielson fan, I think it's fair to say. So yeah. Much going on. We'll see how he does in the sixty minute match here coming up very, very shortly. I can't wait to kind of see what he has in mind for that. But um but yeah, he's he's in kind of he's back in a rhythm here, it appears to me. Speaking of such, we just mentioned Takeshita, and you know, he shared a very strong one with Danielson a few weeks back. He had a, the opening match here with MJF. MJF's first match since the Ricky Starks match in December, uh, which feels like even longer ago than it was, but that's still pretty damn long. Um, I really, really like this one. Chris, what did you make of MJF's return to the ring? What did you think of this style matchup? What did you make of MJF and Takeshita? Um, I thought it was great. I thought the story of, of the beginning for me was really mm-hmm. cool of like, you know, MJF this entire time hasn't respected Takeshita like since yeah. the moment they interacted. And for Takeshita, for him to be like, you know, having his guard down and Takeshita rush him immediately. And get, he had all that momentum in the first minute. And then Max only cuts him off when he brings the ref in front of him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. And it, it kind of like adds towards the end when Max is like, you know, he admits that Takeshita is like, he's good. He's like, yes. I, you know, he gives him the credit finally. So I thought that added to Takeshita. Um, wow, it was great. Like, again, Max proves every single time that, you know, he's that mm-hmm. guy in the ring too. Um, and obviously it helps that he's not wrestling every week. I like that this is like a, a monthly thing mm-hmm. with him where we can just be like, wow, man, like he's – He's great in there. And I think, you know, the styles are very different, but they complemented each other a lot. Max showed his athleticism too. I think mm-hmm. both guys really shined. Yeah, Max has more range than he's given credit for, right? And and I don't want to do the bit of, like, people think he sucks, bro, because I think most people are aware he's good. But I do think he's too often kind of pigeonholed stylistically. He can clearly mm-hmm. do more than that. I think this match uh, neatly encapsulated that. Dukes, what did you make of the opener on Dynamite? Yeah, MJF is fucking, like, special in ring. Mm-hmm. He's, like, there was a time where I was, like, not that I thought he was bad, but I was, like, he's a, a promo guy because I stopped, I started watching AW like, in the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. He didn't wrestle, like, fucking at all. So, like, oh, he's, like, the Miz. <laughs> but this guy, like, ever since, like, what was, like, his first, not first big breakout match, but I guess since crowds have been back, like, the, the dog match, match. Yeah, the yeah. Dog match ever since then man it's like holy shit this guy is not just a fucking one trick pony he can do literally anything and mm-hmm. he's nuts i agree the kind of the uh, more polarizing piece increasingly is the premise i know you fellas had a yeah. great great time with with his work on wednesday what did you make of the i know you kind of touched on it so broadly chris what did you make of the overall work done on the build on on wednesday Man, I, like I know that this isn't the Dukes and I have talked about this. We're like the lone wolves in like this this uh, on that that whole segment throughout. But man, like, I I thought it was great. I thought it did a lot for the story. I so, thought the whole like the whole promo being about adversity and how you know they handle it differently. I feel like that was the you know if you're if you're not watching every week or if you're mm-hmm. not you know you have no idea what the story's about. Just watching that promo and watching the segment before the match, you get it. Like you're like, okay, I understand. Uh, they're both facing adversity. One guy handles it, you know, his way as the bad guy. The other one handles it by like overcoming Aubrey's, you know, slow count. But, <laughs> but regardless, I thought I thought it, they did a really good job. I thought, you know, that that MJF promo sold. Not that I wasn't already sold, but it sold me a ticket for this feud in terms of like, 
you know, he, the way he got heated, uh, you know, yeah. I knew it, it's going to be special. I think the match, hopefully, we'll see. I hope so too. I mean, it is worth noting. I know you guys, you feel like the kind of um, the outsiders when it comes to the MJF promo work as of late on this platform, but there was a lot of love for this promo online, right? I think I think you're probably in the in the majority overall. Um, promo got you got a wide range of response, Dukes. I know you're kind of on board, with Chris. What did you kind of yeah. what did you make of the whole thing? It was uh, shades of Arn Anderson when he told Cody that he was going to shoot somebody. That was not necessary. Let him cook, Joe. Let him cook. Let that him was cook. Chris, no Do you see the way I had no problem with you praising it? That was a particular lane of praising. I'm going to bring him back now. That was that was not necessary. I'm right. That was not necessary. There's no, there said, no need. You're not going to cite his name. He Dukes. said in this life. He said, Cody, you handle things differently. I'm on Anderson. I pull out the Glock. That's the same. Listen, it, it's just, same it premise. didn't need to happen. It did not need. You did not I'm need right, to bring though. his name up on here. You might be right. I'm mad about being right. It was just inherently wrong on a moral level. You didn't, bring, <laughs> you didn't have to bring up the enforcer when I was talking about MJF. That was not necessary. Carry on anyway. Uh, it was really good. It was a little long, obviously, but I actually really like uh, the beginning part more. Like I didn't hate the story. I thought it was good, especially when he got to the end. But uh, in the beginning, when he had like the blood on the on the tape and he was like just mm. talking like being a dick to Lexi like that was I like that that too. was probably the best part of it I like that too the um the locker room deal are you on board with, with Chris being pro that too yes big lot there nice. you go they okay. busted out the door to catch the clothesline was security fun. guard <laughs> was it a security guard or was it Vance <laughs> it was yeah it was um oh, Pero Pelic- yeah which is Pero Peligroso I'm sorry that's what it's called on TV He's, but it's listed as his nickname, right? Yeah, like it yeah. has it in like quotes, and then it has Preston Barnes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just thought I thought it was a it was a piece of you know it was just they don't do that they don't do that often they don't yeah. run an angle like that often I thought it was something new. And I thought I honestly it, it didn't have a strong opinion. Max's uh, I thought I actually thought it really complemented Max's promo well of the adversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I didn't have a strong opinion on it. Honestly. I thought it was. I do like when they try stuff that's kind of cute and out of their regular playbook. It happens a lot with Max Fuse because I think it's pretty obvious he has a great deal of control over what's happening in his programs. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, I do think it was strikingly un-AEW, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. That's kind of the point in some ways, right? So, um, Nonetheless, the big kind of uh, shift in terms of you know headlines from Dynamite came in the main event. Um, the Guns are indeed the world's tag team champions. They did not win via Daddy Ass, Billy Gunn, whatever the fuck his name is now, getting involved. Instead, he did get involved. He got the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> then they won with that kind of FTR-esque deal, right? Because FTR used to that spot a lot, didn't they, with the belt? Um, this was the big kind of debate coming out of Wednesday. I think, I don't want to talk for you guys, but on a personal level, because I kind of felt there was a really good chance they were going to leave with the belts, it didn't jar me and shock me mm-hmm. the way it seemed to others which is a rare time we're doing this is actually like beneficial because I think we all kind of felt there's a real chance they're going to be the tag champs, which some people apparently never walk past that bridge. That doesn't mean it's good necessarily. I don't know if this was quite the performance the guns were looking for. Lots of different moving pieces here. Dukes, I'll start with you. What did you make of the main event? Let's start there, actually. Let's start with just what did you think of the match? And then we'll kind of talk finish, direction, all that stuff. What did you think of the match first, Dukes? I think the match itself was kind of – it was fine. 
Yeah. The ending was a little like slow. You could just see like the gun just haven't done like a big finishing sequence kind of mm-hmm. like that before. But other than that, I thought it was a good match. I didn't have any people were like, these guys can't fucking work. I, I thought it was like unoffensive. Would you say it's more a case of rather than them being bad, it's more are they up to the standard? Is that would you say that's yeah. more your yeah, okay, it's fine. Um, because I saw a lot of different people. I have no I rewatched it and thought it was just kind of nothing. I didn't think it was terrible, but I'm with you. It was like, you know, there. Um, finish definitely got a little bit wonky. But Chris, what did you make of the match itself? Yeah, I, I thought the match was fine. It was like a little bland at times for a title match, especially one where, you know, the titles are going to change hands. Mm-hmm. I do agree with Duke completely. I didn't really, like, I couldn't put my finger on what it was, but I think it was their inexperience in that type of match that yeah. made the end. Like, there was just so much going on and with the Billy thing. I think that, mixed with their inexperience made it feel a little clunky because they're not used to doing that like big angle type thing uh, within a match because usually their matches don't go too long when they are in the ring yes like it was just it 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 was a little too um it was a little too early for them to be doing all of that i think and and obviously the titles too um but yeah i think the fact that we talked it through and we're all kind of consensus like okay the guns are probably taking it um yeah, it definitely – I wasn't as upset as most people were. I just thought Billy was turning, um, but, you know, it happened. It's just, the one thing I will say is this does feel like a kind of moment in time where I think the conversations we've been having for months about this tag division have kind of come to fruition, right, in terms of there has been this sort of mythical widespread opinion on the tag division that is like loaded and stacked because it once was very much loaded and stacked without realizing they've split up so many teams and so many teams have faded away. This is where we've ended up. I mean, I think there are other interesting options. I like Butcher and Blade, but this is kind of the result of that whole trend. Now, I don't think they see that as like a great indictment because they seem to like, they seem to think the world of the gun club um, or the guns. What the fuck? They may have been at a dynamite in November, 2020 with Cody they were undefeated on dark for like a year. Um, they're into this act. And I know a lot of their co-workers, the guns that is, think very highly of them and think they're, they're going to be, you know, the heel team of the generation or whatever the hell, however you want to put it. I can't see it right now. And that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I've missed much bigger things. I didn't see it in the acclaimed, right? Six months ago, wherever it was. So you, sometimes it takes a match to click for you. Is it fair to say that if we assume they're going to risk FTR at some point in a major match, they're going to need that one to be good, right? I yeah, mean, <laughs> sure. they need yeah. to. Because, like, and, you know, it sort of like with them, I always think back to, and I know it wasn't their fault necessarily, but that CMFTR match where Punk gets hurt, when he like misses it, it just obviously they're young, so they're not like mm-hmm. pros enough to kind of go with it. But they were, and obviously, you know, Punk gets hurt. It's a weird situation yeah. to be in, but they were, man, they were all over the place in that match. They couldn't get their footing back. 100%. They were like, I think Colton takes a bump and Punk didn't like throw. He didn't even throw anything at him. It was just, you know, and and, and that to now, I, I do think they've gotten better, but I don't think like FTR. If this is gonna work, like they gotta take it off them immediately, soon, yeah. as soon as they come back, because I don't, I don't trust the guns to keep this, this up of like, especially the expectations that we have for that division mm-hmm. and those titles. It's going to be tough, but they need that match to be good. And then we can, you know, consider where we put them in terms of, like, sure. the heel tags, which they don't have a lot of to begin with. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think we can all agree they've done a good job 
making the most of the character work, right? And, yeah. and being, you know, good heels. And I guess the question becomes, are they the kind of good heels that need to be the world's tag team champs or are they better as like undercard comedy stooge guys? I personally lean the latter, but they have this angle of FTR and the assumption is currently this is a way to transition the belts. Um, Dukes, where do you, do you think that's happening at Revolution? How do you map out this MJF transition, sorry, MJF FTR transition for me, if indeed that's what you think is happening? Yeah, I think it'll be Revolution. I feel like if you like, I feel like that'd be a good thing to like open the show with. I know they don't yeah. usually open the show with title matches, but I feel like the crowd would be rocking for that, especially mm-hmm. if FTR is their first match back. I don't know if they wrestle somebody. Or maybe they wrestle the acclaimed in a number one contender match or something on Dynamite, right. and they win that one. But, yeah, I think Revolution is the spot for it. Is it fair to say, fellas, that if this is just transitioning back to the acclaimed, they'd have been better off just keeping the belts on the acclaimed the whole time, right? For I think sure. we can all agree on that. Yeah, Absolutely. it's... It's such a specific direction they've taken. It feels like it has to be FTR, honestly. Um, if not, I kind of think they may have just lessened the belts in <laughs> along the way because I yeah. think you know that's the only kind of way that makes this. Yeah, the, the only reason sense. is it has to be that so that like they don't split the mm-hmm. acclaimed love. Yeah. and when FTR comes back, like that's that's gotta be it to mm-hmm. me. I think that makes sense. Yeah, I know. You know, I think the plan is that FTR are going to be kind of like babyface aces for these belts in this division. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, compelling. And I'm certainly into that as an FTR stand, so to speak. But mm-hmm. they're going to need to build some teams, right? I mean, they just are. Like, they they can get a certain amount out of Butcher and Blade and they can get a certain amount out of um, Jeff and Jay. Like, I'm sure they can have a good match with them. But they need some pay-per-view opponents, man. I mean, they can mm-hmm. do babyface matches. But if they're going to be, like, pure babyface aces, then um, they're going to need to build some teams. I saw Aussie Open were kind of in the news today because of that tweet that um the fletcher tweeted right was carl right um yeah. which was insane because they would be yeah. the best heel team in AEW by like a mile so i assume something's up there um the kingdom's a good one that they could have a good match with, but as no one goes says they can't you know it's not exactly a box office match you're gonna run over and over so they have some building to do and ftr are a great base obviously you've always got the box match in your back pocket i'll you know that's kind of distant right now because the trio's belts but um but yeah a lot of moving pieces here the one thing i'll say is I don't think this got exactly the live reaction they were necessarily looking for. It felt more to me like, really? Rather than, fuck this, I need them to get their revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, and I feel, like there's, I feel like there's another, sorry, I feel like there's another world where this match happens and the guns like impress and it's like, oh, okay. Like, I, yeah. you know, I, I get it. But the, the way that it happened and there was it, the kind of the nothingness of it mm-hmm. made it even more like, oh, okay, we're really doing this now for, for most people. It's also that weird, like, it's that very particular lane of heat, too, where I've seen some people argue that's also why it works, because, like, no one thinks they should be the World Tag Team Champs. And I'm always hesitant with that line of thinking, you know? Like, because that does sound a lot to me like it's supposed to be bad, bro. Mm -hmm. And that's very scary. I don't want to walk that road. But... But there is some, like, there is a a nugget of truth Mm -hmm. to that, right? Like, the idea that the audience is like, not these guys. It can be effective. We need to just see what they do with FTR because, you know, they're they're a meat and potatoes team. They're a very kind of basic team, which is not in done. They're brand new. And if any team can have a good match with that sort of team, it should, in theory, be FTR. So um, let's see where they go here. I'm, I'm really into the deal with FTR putting their run on the line. I'll say that. I, I think that's – I know we can't talk about it on the flagship. Um, 
if TR kind of doing the deal with we can't win these belts here, it's over, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. I think you can get people think they know better than to believe it, but when they ever when they hit them with the belts and do the same near, yeah. people will absolutely shit themselves on that. You know that's gonna happen. So, um, <laughs> yes, me too, bro. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I like that as a kind of way to juice it up a little bit. But look, let's be real. I, don't, I mean, if FTR are coming back, I can rock with whatever. That's where I'm at at this point in my fandom. So we shall see. I mentioned the trios a moment ago. Another highlight of, of Dynamite was the trios title match. We had the Elite, opposite the top flight AR Fox um, combination. I think this was a great example of just like how special the Elite are in so many different ways. Number one, their ability to just completely escape the limitations of this placement, right? Like... The, the crowd was exhausted after Rouge and Danielson after like four minutes of this match. They said, well, I guess we're watching this one too. Yeah. Like they were in again. And also, and Ibu talks about this on the review show that you guys tried to block from happening. Um, <laughs> he talked about how like this was clearly not the elite showing off their own stuff so much as it was spotlighting the other team. AR Fox was mostly kept out, you know, out of the picture for this match until the finishing stretch where they let him do everything to them. Like, mm-hmm. He got like four near falls on Kenny. Um Unbelievable performance, and obviously Top Flight and AR Fox were very much worth the showcase. I like this very much. Dukes, what did you make of the trios title match? Yeah, it fucking ruled. And the fact that they can do this match immediately after Roosh and Danielson is why Dynamite fucking rules so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just complete opposites, but just thrillers in their own way. Yeah, man. Like the, the variety, right? That kind of wrestling festival vibe, the wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. that wrestling buffet so to speak. It's, um, and look, I know not either style is going to be for everyone, right? Like there's definitely people that watched the Roosh match and was like, it's, it was too kind of, um, gruesome. I'd imagine in some way, I'd imagine the main event was too gruesome. So other people will find this one to be like too spot oriented. I think it's someone who enjoys professional wrestling. There's a place for both personally, call it a hot take. That's where I'm at. Chris, what'd you make of the trio's title match? It was really fun. Um, man, like, it, yeah, it says a lot about the elite where they, they could do their their trios matches where are you know they're pretty complex and bringing in like these really young guys and you know kind of throughout the match you could tell Kenny was like running point a lot and mm-hmm. he, he was kind of, just just being able to with so many moving pieces uh, make it look like make it flow well with guys that are so inexperienced was great obviously they gave them a lot which you love to see yeah. and yeah I, I thought you know I thought the finish was great I thought the it really looked at some points that AR Fox was gonna seal it with the roll ups. And I just love that that type of storytelling where it could go either way because they're you know throughout the match it was kind of balanced out like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, uh, Kenny did a great job of just giving them a lot, specifically AR Fox towards the end. Um, and I love that trio of of Top Flight and AR Fox. I think you know th- you could get some good matches out of them um, with with that trio's division, like trying to build it up like that. I think that's one of those makeshift tag teams that just really works. Like they e- even presentation wise, like they work really really well together. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was great. I thought it said a lot about the elite as, like, you know, professionals uh, mm-hmm. being able to get that done. So, yeah. Yeah, and they had the uh, they had the gear this time, right? They had the, the kind of the unified out, but it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Dukes, is there a conversation to be had about the, the, uh, the trios teams that are currently available? You know, we often talk about the tag teams not being quite where they were. I could be completely just forgetting people. I might be. But I remember when we would talk about the trios belts, there was like, we would list a bunch of trios. Mm-hmm. 
And it feels like in the time from that to the trios boats actually existing, those trios have sort of somewhat faded away. Yeah. Is there a concern at all, Duke, for you in terms of like how many trios are actually kind of on the docket lined up for the elite? Uh, I wouldn't say concern because I think they could really wrestle anybody and you know figure it out, and they could just put together kind of anybody that at least makes a little bit of sense. But like you think about like the best friends, Orange has the All Atlantic title, so he can't be in Mm -hmm. it. Santana maybe is coming back. You can do LAX with Eddie. Um, the House of Black, who I, I yep. think I, they, they were my pick, actually. I thought they were going to win it off the Elite at Revolution, but I don't really know if they're going there anymore. Yeah. Uh, and Death Triangle, they just wrestled them seven times. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There's, there's some. By the way, I want to quickly mention this because the firm came up here. Do you That's fellas right. remember that the gun club were in the firm? <laughs> Apparently. Shouldn't Stokely be happy about this? They won the world's tag team titles. Did he not get like a cut of this in some form or fashion? That was like their whole goal too. Remember when Stokely yeah. introduced the firm? He's like, they're going to win the world tag team titles. And, and regardless, even even if he's distanced himself, like he should just come back and be like, yeah, you know, we I did, did this. It. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I, I swear, because I was looking, someone asked me who was in the firm. And I was like trying to figure out who the team was. And I said, oh, my God, it's the tag team champions. It's, the, it's Austin and Colton. They were in the damn thing. I remember it adds, this. Like, it, it adds credibility to both. Like it adds credibility to the group that everyone thinks is a joke. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's Dude, true. They, cool. were, they were badass coming out with Big Bill. That was a good look. <laughs> they, that is an all-time great comment. They had to leave the firm to winning matches. It's a fucking incredible explanation. They should actually say that on television. That's that's good shit. Um all right, this this move now to everyone's favorite segment, the illustrious Vibra, which once yeah. again, actually, no, this mix it up this week. This week's Fleet Week Vibra is presented by the returning historical oracle. My favorite bit. <laughs> Every time I see that, it makes me laugh. I have to say, it's tremendous. <laughs> um, good lord, we got off to a flyer here. This is this is tremendous, tremendous stuff. We have impeccable vibes here for the first three recordings. We have the MJF Takeshi match. We have Takeshi to get in blood. We have um, the King of Television exposes war fraud again, which was an incredible promo. True. Um, talk us through these lads. This is a hell of a start we got here. I mean, this is unprecedented, is it not? Uh, no, I think it's been I think it's been higher actually. <laughs> It's definitely been higher. It's yeah. broke the scale before. Last week we ended with the scale being broke. Yeah, it's fair. All right. Um, Jamie Hayter hits people hard with a slight draw. I do want to quickly mention that that uh, you know that match was actually going along really nicely. Yeah. And I thought the bunny was like genuinely impressive in matching Jamie's physicality, and it just fucking shit happens, man. It's no one's fault, you know. It just is yeah, what it is. Sucks. But um, hopefully she's okay. I saw that she did a a meet and greet of some kind on uh friday maybe so it seems like she's you know okay relatively speaking we don't know anything about but you know she was there so which is a good sign so there you go um okay we have uh a n w o l i don't even remember <laughs> what that was i assume that was the tony deal right tony Sarah segment oh yeah. Don't they, yeah they beat up leva bates okay, <laughs> yeah well, listen, listen <laughs> You can draw as much entertainment as you want from Lever Bates getting beaten up. 
this being anywhere above pop, but you know, bad is one of the most insane things. That segment was ungodly. That was, I couldn't fathom how bad it was. It was, it was filth, true filth. Why were they talking like that? Why was they selling like that? They're <laughs> heels. They're so bad. They're heels. It's I'm so gonna, funny when she says it. Boys, I'm I'm dangerously close to just like ending the mission on this one. I don't know, fellas. I really I don't know what. To be completely honest, I, I do know. not remember this. It was bad, um, Chris. They spray really painted. Bad. They spray painted no, no, the beats. No. I remember that. I don't remember us like talking about that segment when we were. Oh, really me alive. neither. This was like I'm, <laughs> I cannot I'm remember. Put, I'll put it on Tope to be honest, especially yeah, the names. I just. I don't even know what Infinity Gauntlet is. Here's the deal. Here, that's the <laughs> uh, the Starks match. Um, oh, right. Oh, okay. So I was kind of intrigued by the idea of like Soraya being like the shit talker for Tony. Um, early indications not encouraging. No, <laughs> my, my, the baby girl thing statement. is like she's just baby girl every promo. Yeah, man, I don't know. Phrase. Um, I I would like Soraya <laughs> to really find like a rhythm here. I'm I'm increasingly unsure we're gonna get to that point, which is a shame because you know it'd be cool if she uh if she had a nice run in AEW. Right now, she appears to be struggling to me. I. Yeah. And Tony is not a strong enough personality to overcome such a thing. So it's That's like the problem, man. That's the it's problem. A, it is a really dangerous combination. Like I was for turning her because you know, like I, I think it's worth trying. But I'm watching it and going, oh my god, this could have like a this could have a bad effect on both parties. Um, we will see. Nonetheless, Tope liked it, which is what matters most. Yeah, I'm gonna um, go out here. Yes. Raya is officially on Fraud Watch. Our new I second. Uh, we need, we don't have a graphic for it yet, but it's coming. I think I don't know. Do we have this is our only graphic, Dukes. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll have more eventually. We have another segment too. <laughs> My God, it's hard to keep up around here. There's so much going on. Um, MJ Flair vibes, um, which I suppose that kind of was a thing that happened. I guess uh, impeccable. <laughs> I respect. We've discussed that. I respect it, fellas. I, I like. I mean, the on Anderson reference was a bit much, but I, you know, a lot of people liked it. I get it. Okay, we then plummet to mid for the Infinity Gauntlet, which was Ricky Starks opposite the JAS. Um, I actually enjoyed the Garcia portion of this match, so I have no so problem with being mid. I was going to say we should have split it in two. Yeah, but I think it's fair to say the overall thing, like what's actually happening in this story, probably warrants a lower rating if we're being honest. Right, this feud is it just, just it's just good. No it's just, yeah, it's like no one knows why they're fighting. There's no semblance of like what who is fighting. Like he's just got action and dirty on his side. It's just I don't know, man. I I'm not even doing the like Jericho kills everyone bit because I just frankly can't bother to even do that argument right now. It's, it's you know it's exhausting to me. Um, but this isn't helping anyone. And in fact, I think it's so apparent watching it. I think the JS thing may have run its course, which is you know it's been a year almost, right? It's almost eleven months right now, so. I don't think that would be like a, a travesty or anything. I just don't, I don't know. Where do you feel it's been a year already? Interest left in the JAS thing? I think it has been over a year, hasn't it? They, they it? shot the angle after Revolution, right? Oh, it was so, after? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, he was supposed to shake Eddie's hand? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this quickly because Matt said this to me similarly. Um, third page of Larry Bird said, Lads, this gives me absolutely no pleasure. He seems like a great guy and he's very talented. 
but I'm getting dangerously close to selling my stock. I'll have some stock selling talk here on the Fleet Week in Ricky as a main eventer. I just don't know if he quite has that extra. I think he's maybe he's over the ceiling a bit. Now, Matt was talking to me about this on uh, Thursday, being kind of concerned. Well, I'm personally still pretty bullish. Where do you fellas stand on Ricky Starks? You selling the stock or are you buying more? What do you stand? I'm sitting on it right now. Yeah, okay. I'm definitely not buying more. Yeah. But I'm definitely not selling either. Yeah, that's the problem. Because I, I think he has it. I really do. But I think we're at the point now in this feud where, with a lot of Jericho feuds, right, where we're in circles and it's just like, when does it end? Mm-hmm. Because realistically, like, okay, they had or they had the match. It's like, what what are we doing now? Like, we, I get the yep. gauntlet to get to Jericho shit that like we do all the time. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. like, what... Just what are we doing? We're, we're so we're so far separated from, and it hasn't even been that long. We're so separated from when Ricky was like challenging for the title at this point. Yeah. It seems um, that you're just like the more the longer you separate him from presenting him like that, I feel like the 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 more steep that climb to get back up to you know people saying like oh he's going to be a main eventer at some point you get mm-hmm. right because I think he has he like he he has it, but it's just you can't. You can't lose, like you can't lose the interest, and I feel like that's what they're doing with this. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, and, and the reason I was kind of hesitant to frame it as like a Jericho thing necessarily is because I don't think he's benefiting from this at all. I think she's just called everyone off involved. Um, now, the reason that there's kind of implications is because there's a belief Chris is involved in what's going on, which is probably fair. But that's, I mean, that's not really any. I don't know who's pitching what ultimately. So I, I think this is actually a better. Um, encapsulation of the problem here from Frank. He says, the problem with JS feuds too is that it automatically becomes a group feud. Ricky would benefit more from a heated one-on-one. I agree completely. It's like, yeah. he kind of looks dumb, right? Like fighting him on his own and his only friend is actually Andre who wasn't there this week. So I just, I don't know. It's, it's look, we're, we're analyzing this for a million directions. It's just not a good feud, ultimately, right? For, regardless of who's to blame or why it's happening, it isn't a good feud. I am still pretty bullish on Ricky. Because I think this is not really on him, to me anyway. I agree. Um, you know, and I thought there was a lot of good work even in the Garcia match. I don't think he's a bad... I, I'm not anti-Ricky as a worker either, so that's just me. Um, we shall see. Let's move to our two here. Um, <laughs> I already know what that last one is. It's all shit. Wow. All right. We're back. Impeccable vibes here for the... Uh, um, the the Roosh Brian match now. How old is is Roosh and Dragon actually above Impeccable? Slightly, slightly. <laughs> That's not when Dave gives five and a call. I was like, is that necessary, man? <laughs> yeah, th- there was again debate over this because we we can't just put it you know higher. Yeah. The, the Dukes is very particular about a, about the placement when we break the scale. Fair. Um, so yeah, there was there was some debate about that. That's fair. Um, <laughs> while we're on, well, I just mentioned Frank a moment ago. Quick shout out to him. He resubscribed Prime uh, three minutes ago. He says, and I quote, Pop, been with us now for seven months. Thank you so much, Frank. We appreciate you. We drop off here for Joker Merchants. Pop, but you know bad. Um, what's that? I have no idea. <laughs> I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you. <laughs> All right, chat. Does anyone have any Somebody idea? They remembered, you know, they remembered Dynamite well enough to know what Topo would have named Joker it's Merchants. It's in between Roosh and Brian. Oh, it's the Impractical Jokers. Oh. That was more literal than I thought it was going to be. Actually. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, yeah, Pop, but you know bad is perfect for that. I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah. 
Uh, they don't stop jumping. Good. I he I told him he needs a better need a better name for this. He did not listen. This What's fun. this? The fucking trios match because they were jumping a lot. Oh for fuck's sake! I know what are he's we doing. Washed. Here? He's so washed. Good lord, man! All right, there you go, folks. That's back to impeccable. We then drop off slightly for hook propaganda. <laughs> That one's pretty good. <laughs> that was right, yeah. Firmly between good and impeccable vibes. Back up to impeccable for Mark. Briscoe. Of course. <laughs> the graphic, right? Okay, yes. good. I was thinking, what did smart Mark Sterling do? Um, <laughs> and then we, we do fall here. We see mid for and no, but the immediate, the immediate <laughs> recovery of FTR is coming home, impeccable vibes, which is pretty much what I think we all went through, the three of us, you know? Yes, it's true. Real grabs. Now we get to the controversy of the program. Um, we plummet to uh, my table. Yeah. Which I believe is a reference to our, the aforementioned Dax the Axe and his Actual. sort of these content in My promos. table. Yeah. Um, my wife. My daughter. This is a quote. Backup Brock steals hungry young lion spot. True. Um, oh, headline. I have made many a comment on this matter. I, you know, I, I felt we had to draw a house on Wednesday and we had to pack them in, brother, brother. I've heard a lot of uh, criticism. I've heard some praise too. Dukes, Chris, what do you have to say for yourselves here before we leave this in our, we leave this, this behind us for? I'm going to make another comparison here. Yes. This is just like when CM Punk was the WWE champion. Mm-hmm. That's so ironic. He's not it? in the main event. <laughs> Same. They had Johnny Ace main event the fucking pay per view. And CM Punk was on the card. It's bullshit. That was, that was pretty stiff. That was that was a little much. I that's maybe the that's most been... aggressive thing anyone's ever said about someone else on those shows. That was a little much. <laughs> I thought I thought that was a little much. <laughs> oh come on! I mean, firstly, <laughs> you the... just compared him to Johnny Ace. Yeah, well, I wasn't comparing well, their personalities. This, this circle back. This circle back. This circle back. It's oh, actually man. look at what Duke's just did here, folks. Okay. Number one, <laughs> I'm right again. Presented the Young Lions as as CM Punk in 2012. Crazy yeah, enough. I right? mean, he's we, not far off there. I mean, it's a little much, but fair no, enough. Not. The most consistent Absolutely. people on this platform. Um, then wow, that you see that. That may be true. Compared, <laughs> then compared <laughs> backup hangman of WrestlePurious fame, or as he's officially branded out, Ibu of WrestlePurious, which I respect. He has now been compared to Johnny Ace, who um, most recently was in the news for publicly disgracing himself. This was just to make it clear. Um, do you, is there any intention to bring to kind of take that back, Dukes, or are you sticking to your guns on that? Um, I'm not comparing them as people. It was simply, I'm working, all right? <laughs> okay. Well, there you go, folks. The vibrator's in the books. I have um, no problem with Evo. He seems like a nice guy. You'll he's see not, me. He's not Johnny Ace. <laughs> I'll be sharing the screen with backup Brock in about half an hour here for a risk um, worldwide. Um, <laughs> So uh, this has been the Fleet Week Vibra once again. It was presented by the Historical Oracle. Okay, hold on now. Hold on. <laughs> hold on now. Hold on now. Oh, we, okay, we Ben, we did not reschedule because of our availability. We rescheduled because America. Okay, true. We're American. True. Super Bowl. It's 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 it, there. You go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
It's not, it's not an availability <laughs> issue. Duke's and I are professionals. But forget the fact that I missed the first show on this. Duke's just <laughs> slew it. Football. Forget the fact that I missed our first Fleet Week show. That didn't happen. That's That's, that was, it, was, it, was, it was a different time. We're, to be fair, you didn't say you were consistent. You said you were the most consistent people on the platform. It's exactly, very different exactly. things. It's That's so true. different. Yeah. It's so different. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think it's true. I do too. Um, all right. Let's proceed here. Let's talk with some Rampage. Um, the show that you've been waiting on. That viewership was interesting this week. I saw much discussion. Dukes, have you dived into that yet? Have you looked at the demo and all that good nope. stuff? I know you're big I, on that stuff. Oh, well, I only watched the opener, so. <laughs> fair. Well, that's, what, that's probably the main thing to talk about, right? The uh, the trio's opener, Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio, Mox, and Uter opposite, Kip Sabian, the Butcher, and the Blade. Butcher is now bald, which, Chris, you were very fired up about in the DMs, which I respect. Um Good, good kind of indication of your priorities. Again, I respect that. Co-signed. This was damn good, actually. I thought this match was really, really good. Oh, no. My God. I think he froze for a little bit, too. I was like, I was looking. I think it was a case of the Butcher being bald? It could be. Dukes, what do you think of this opener? I thought it was pretty good, actually. I was a little surprised. Kip Sabian is still not off Fraud Watch. He's not off the no. list. To all the pro boxman people in the chat, I'm sorry. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's dressed in the Blackpool Combat Club. It's going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he had a nice little moonsault. Now, contrary to what Dukes just said, who, Chris, I don't know if you saw that, but Duke said that Kip Saban is still on Fraud Watch. You had a tweet today, Chris, that was sent to me by 25 different people. They were alarmed. They asked me to check in on you. I'm mad. Um, you suggested you were back on board the Kip Sabian hype train, so to speak. Um, I am. No. Are you sticking by that? You're sticking by that. I, I will say publicly on here, clip it, do whatever you want. I'm back firmly. Now, I'm not only back, I'm firmly back firm? on the box train. Um, I think his selling in this match, oh. I, um, it's, it's impeccable, impeccable. Oh, my impeccable. God. Use that word I on thought, this show? Wow. I thought his selling on, on the elbows, I mean, yeah, I thought he got knocked out. I thought he got knocked out. <laughs> I mean, it, it was – I think gross. that's the best he's looked this in a very long gross. time. Again, I think at the very – like, at the very least, he is a solid hand. At the very least. I don't understand the disrespect. I understand he's British. Fully understand that that's a reason why you guys mm-hmm. might hate him. Anybody might hate Fair. him. Fully understood. I get that. I have to work with British people. I understand. That's true. <laughs> I understand it. But it's – it's, we're taking it too far. We're, we're, we're taking this way too far. We're you taking it too far? too far? You are taking it too far. It's bullshit, he, man. He, this whole idea that he's bad, that Kip's bad, it's it's he's, not true. Is not the character true. stuff much? Is it much sometimes? I Hey, yes, yes. I will say yes, it's a little much. But in the ring, guy can go. Guy can go. He can go. Folks, I think Chris is right. I think Chris is right. <laughs> No, go on. Now, let me tell you something. I watched He's this match. fine. He's like... Uh... Hold up, Dukes. Let me get you, let me paint the picture. I was watching this match, and Grant, admittedly, I was eating a Big Mac when this match was on. It was around it was around 3.15 a.m. It had been a night. You know what I mean? One of those days. And I, had a, I was eating... A, so I, I looked up on occasion. I heard mostly J, JR's commentary. And JR seemed to be enjoying himself. Right? So immediately, I'm in a good... Don't watch time, he's in the match. Of course he's in Every time it. I looked up, Kip did something that looked... Competent. It looked good, dare I say, possible at least. And then I returned to my Big Mac and I said, fucking hell, he might be good. And I wasn't gonna go, I wasn't gonna go public with it because 
you know, I have some shame. But Chris fell on the sword for me. He said, I'm going to do it. And I think it's only right that I support my young cohort and say, I think I saw it too. I think he's good. He might be. I have, guys, guys, I go have back. never, I have never missed Tope Suicida more. Go back and watch. It. Oh, hold on. When he's when Mox when Mox has got him in the corner and he's just fucking peppering him. Look yeah. at look at Kip. Guy can go, man. He can go. The beautiful thing about this as a piece of you know podcasting um, performance art is that in a week we find out. Right. In a week we we come back together. Actually, in two days we're gonna find out. But we'll talk about it in like mm-hmm. six days. We come back together for a a um, the real truth, the real answer. Kip Saban is running it back with Hangman Page. Apparently, they had a match many years ago in AEW that everyone hated. I have no memory of this. <laughs> Apparently, it was like nineteen. You won't be able to say it's bad. I know. I'm. You won't be able to say it's bad, That's the best thing that what Chris and I have done here. We've cornered Dukes. He can't. He because he's even if have this to match, Hangman. If this match, match is or, if this match is like more than ten minutes, I'm calling the police. It's going to just be a freestyle match and it won't even be like a funny bit, but we'll just turn it into one for the sake of content, you know, but like, he's all right. I, no, genuinely, I think he's solid. I just, you know, I, I'll be honest. I wouldn't have him on the show as much as he seems to have been on it recently from my, like, I can't lie. You know, granted I'd finished the big bug, the big Mac by this point, but I will concede that when he reappeared later to intercept the uh, hangman thing, I did like, yell i gotta be honest but, i agree know. i got very upset too i yeah. was like because i was upset because i was like damn i'm gonna be able to go on the show and like say yeah. that keeps back and then once they did that i was like fuck i might have to yeah. you know and hold back his, his reason for it was like you're mad at moxley i'm not mad and he just kicked the shit out of me and i was like well i mean that doesn't, this feels like a bit of a reach to me. i thought you could book someone else but you know nonetheless um so chris did you see the old atlantic main event the lee moriarty match or, or not mm-hmm. you did I thought Lee looked pretty good. What did you make of it? Orange Cassidy, Matt work. Love to see it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great. I thought um, when I saw Orange, I think it was the, I don't know what he went for, but when he, he had like the weird landing on his elbow. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, that looked bad. And then Lee just works that arm the entire time. And they they tell the whole story of like, you know, the, the, the orange punch or yep. whatever. I thought they did a great job. Obviously, you know, Lee like they gave lee a lot here this went i I don't know how much exactly it went but um it felt like a pretty lengthy match yeah right exactly and that makes me feel confident in like how they view lee now where i think he's gonna you know i I think that's a title that he can take at some point in like not Mm -hmm. i don't know near future but like at some point that or eventually the tnt or whatever i thought he looked great i thought um just fundamentally he's always been great but like matt work especially with somebody like like uh orange who has his you know his style yeah. you know he's he's kind of you know he he's he's vert, it's versatile enough but um yeah i thought especially for for somebody that young working with with orange you know which can kind of be like its own thing mm-hmm. or it was at the beginning he did a good job yeah i was impressed i and i've been looking to be too because I, I was a big fan of lee and i think he kind of plateaued at some point but i thought he looked good here um also this isn't much i'm gonna do like a victory left bat because you know that'd be weird but I actually thought Marina and Ruby was pretty good. They only had like five minutes, right? But like, I thought it was a pretty steady match. And listen, folks, there's no polite way. I, I really am rooting for Marina. I would like, I would like it to be in matches that are like fun and good and competent at least. And it's like, this was, I think, the most comfortable she's looked to me. Right. So, well, she's yeah. in there with a real worker. Yeah, well, I mean, but let's be fair. Marina's been there with some good professional wrestlers and looked very, very uncomfortable before. So yeah. I agree 100% with Brucey. Like, this is the most comfortable yeah. I've seen her. 
Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, her being good and sticking around is good for us because, you know, a couple of years down the line, who knows what, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, who she brings in. Fuck yeah. Um, but yeah, man, she looked comfortable. I'm surprised. Like, it, it was that short because it felt longer and I was like yeah. surprisingly okay with it because it was actually pretty good. And that honestly mm-hmm. made me more excited about um about the match on Wednesday because Ruby, you know, she's been bringing it her last few uh, yeah. appearances. Um, and oh, yeah, just Marina. Uh, she's off fraud watch now. I will. I'll take her off fraud oh watch. She's, she's go, solid I didn't even know she was on it. <laughs> I put her on it. <laughs> More news, folks. There you go. Um, Rampage is in a really interesting place, fellas. I really enjoyed this show. Again, I did have a Big Mac, so maybe that was part of it. Jim Ross, I love. It's just great. I, I Look, is Jim to quote Jim, I just like seeing him out there. Um, I must say, though, as much as I enjoyed the show, it does feel telling that Young Dukes has watched one match from this show. And Chris, you messaged me about three hours ago. I was like, what should I watch from Rampage? Because that is kind of the actual, like when, even when you watch it and you enjoy it, that gets to the sort of core of the problem, right? And there's been other yeah. weeks where I've watched it just before we went on here. It's like, it's a good show, but there is no real attempt to make it feel must watch. And it mm-hmm. shows most when fans like us, who are definitely hardcore fans, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I'll get to some of it, I guess. <laughs> you know, like, it's very different from where the show was when it premiered, where it felt like, right. you know, for an AEW fan, it kind of felt like Destination TV for, for a while there. Um, yeah, especially different. the way it was branded, where it was like, yeah. oh, you know, this is, they're both A shows. It's mm-hmm. very much not, it, to me, per, this is, cl- like, at this point, it's closer to Dark than it is I agree, to yeah. Dynamite. Yeah. yeah. Speaking I, of, hang on, speaking of Dark and Dark Elevation, I did watch those this week. Good. Folks. Well, We've got a new top tag team on our hands. Yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. My outrunners? God, the fucking outrunners, baby. They're gonna work with Dax and Cash, right? Oh, that feels yeah. like a lock. Yeah, G- give them to Dax and Cash. They fucking rule. Give them to their the ass, Yeah, sorry, it's good. Oh, oh my God. Was it, one of them said, "I'm a grown man" or something? Like, what did they We're say? The youngest, they... You're looking at the youngest men to ever live. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was, sorry. I, got, I remember it was a bit like an, that insane line. <laughs> the speedboat dream boats. Um, and we're not doing a bit, guys. If you haven't muscle. seen it, if you haven't seen it, you need to go out and yeah. watch. Like, if you're not watching Dark, find that clip, they're, bro. They're they're for real. Yeah, good for them. I mean, I know they they were promoting themselves pretty good, and and they've kind of committed to having some character and personality. So I'm glad they've they've found themselves somewhere that can uh, they can pop people. We'll see what they can do in ring with good teams in real matches. Jury's out on that front, but you know, fun they have a really weird finish too. Pops me. Of course they do. They're, um, fun. They're fun. I agree with what you said, Chris. And says, I actually think a lot of stuff on Rampage feels like it would be the ideal version of like the sea shows. You know, <laughs> like, like some that of jungle these boy matches. Match. Yeah, that jungle yeah. boy match should have been a dark match. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Um, which, by the way, there was a there was a spot in that jungle boy match that was hilariously just left in the, the edit. It was bad. Um, how you were supposed to edit a one minute match, I don't know. Maybe we're fine away, brother. I mean, it was quite the deal. But nonetheless, I enjoyed Rampage, so I can't criticize it. I just, it's not surprising it didn't get, you know, high viewership. Dynamite is interesting this week, fellas. It's not quite the, someone said that they were going to have a kind of, you know, if you follow it, Tony's booking usually would mean a cool-off week. And they were certainly correct, I think, looking at this. There are pops, though. Texas Tornado match. I think we're all oh, fired yeah. up for it. Roosh and oh. um, the aforementioned uh, Preston Vance opposite. Is it Monks and Claudio? Yes. Do we think Roosh is wrestling Claudio Supercard? What do we think? What is that? Should. Yeah. Definitely should. The only problem with that is it feels like he should kind of win. 
which yeah. is then like, then what does that mean, right? Because it's just because then he'd lose in a big match. He's going to win win the world's title, so. Fair. Um, So so you have that there. You have Mark Briscoe and Josh Woods, which I know not everyone's into Josh Woods. Personally, this is a big pop for me. I just just love Mark wrestling on TV at all. But this is a fun matchup. And, you know, Woodsy, yeah. Uh, Mark was great in that promo, by the way. Oh, that rule too, yeah. Yeah, Of course, you know. Um, And I like Woods, so I have no problem with that. Pop me. Uh, we've got Ruby, Britt, and Tony, which I think we're all kind of intrigued by. We was intrigued before, and we'll see what they get we do here in terms of finish and such. Uh, the Hangman Kit match we've discussed. The acclaimed closed rampage and have seemingly been transitioned to a different thing. Hmm. I wonder what that means, fellas. They're back to wrestling Jeff Jarrett again. Interesting. Very, very interesting. That match will be fun. We're back. Um, Brian Cage is running it back with Jack Perry. When Brian Cage came out on stage, Excalibur said, they had a classic match on Dynamite a couple months ago. Hmm. Interesting. Must have missed that one. Uh, I saw the nice freestyle match they had at one point. But I didn't see the classic. Must have been an episode I didn't see. Nonetheless, Dynamite looks like a, a slightly, you know, a step down. But let's be fair. The last few weeks, all like pay-per-view cards is what it is, right? For you yeah. Really- and you, and a, lot of the, a lot of times, these cards that, like, don't have a lot of hype going into them yeah. end up kind of ruling anyway. I agree. I think it'll be a good time. And ultimately, who gives a fuck? Mark Briscoe's resting, right? God bless. Um, all right. There you go, folks. There's Fleet Week. Um, as we wind down here, I'll, as always, we'll ask the fellas if they have any plugs or promotions. Dukes, I have a feeling I know your answer, but do you have any final words, plugs, or promotions? No. Tremendous. Chris, what about you? Um, I don't think so. Oh, I uh, I wrote news this week for the first time in like two months. From Monty, yeah. it was very, very fun. It was at like 8 a.m. and I was just awake. <laughs> Tremendous. But yeah, I guess check that out. Uh, keep supporting Fleet Week. Absolutely. The rest of the shows on the platform. But, you know, the most consistent show, support us, please. We should be able to like live on the Sunday slot for a while now, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, there's no football on business. Yeah. Um, hopefully, Tope will be back. We send him our best. That whole shit flag on the play. Am I right, boys? True. Whole shit. True. Uh-huh. I actually watched the whole game, which makes me doing this bit even funnier. But um, <laughs> <laughs> again, let me reiterate Fleet 50, one week, send them to me, joeholbert05 at gmail.com. Your top 50 in ring performers of AEW's 2022. Um, we're going to reveal those at some point next week. So you've got a week to get your ballot in, a week from today. So get that in, joeholbert05 at gmail.com. All right. Tomorrow, another loaded day. We've got uh, the Jason and Joe show at 3 30. And then at eight, we've got the return of the historical Oracle to about July 1996. He's finally back. The big man is back. Um, Wednesday, there is no Dynamite Grin Along. If the show is awesome, I'll do a post-show. If not, I will simply do a day without doing a podcast on Wednesday. Um, We shall see. Thursday, the flagship. We have a few things lined up for the flagship. We're going to be talking who should beat Maxwell, Jacob Friedman. We're going to do it in kind of long-form fashion and kind of come up with a big board, so to speak. That was inspired by a um, you fellas and the friends on Discord, we had a pretty fun conversation with that, right? So yeah. I think that'd be a good thing to do on the flagship. We're also going to talk about the New Japan show that's coming up on Saturday because, of course, there is a watch-along on Saturday for that very show. So that'll be a hell of a oh, time. Yeah. Myself and Matty going to be watching Battle of the Valley. Some others will pop up, I'm sure. We'll see what happens. Um, Sunday will now be a doubleheader. Fleet Week will air at 5 Eastern, as always. And whenever Fleet Week ends... Bobby Two Shoes and Oracle are going to be going live for Fed Dead Redemption. It's a new thing. We have a block on Sundays, um, probably wrapping around 
half seven most nights match about two and a half hour block maybe three hours on on more extravagant nights of the oracle of wrestling uh they'll be premiering on sunday for a review of uh, the elimination chamber pay-per-view which is happening on saturday so there's a lot going on much to look forward to um speaking of such in about 15 minutes we're gonna be live on wrestle Purist, so please go there um make it clear to monty in his dms that you only watch wrestle Purist for joe holbert and then do like a dollar emoji deal um, I'm told that helps. So, money. <laughs> money. 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 <laughs> I'm actually really excited for that, mate. So, um, all right. We appreciate you, folks. Keep watching. Keep grinning. All hell. Enjoy this outro. I'll see you on Worldwide.